listening to Choose Podcast. Season 1, Drive. Episode 3, Stay Home. Previously on Choose. Or I'm in some kind of endless recycling dream. And every time I wake up, it's because I've done something wrong in the previous cycle. You chuckle a little. Dreams are supposed to have limitless possibilities, right? You stand up and stretch your arms out, trying to will yourself into flight. After a few seconds of no results, well, this is my first lucid dream. I'll get the hang of it, I think. You look around, thinking what you can do. Then it hits you. I know what I can do. Anything I want. I don't have to go to work. You sigh with relish and decide to take a long shower and make yourself a nice breakfast. You enjoy the hug of the water for as long as it runs warm. When it eventually cools, you step out of the shower and spend another 20 minutes in a mirror, making poses and faces. Finally, you brush your teeth, style your hair, and move back to the bedroom to get dressed, pulling on a pair of your comfiest pants and a t-shirt before strolling to the kitchen. You start the coffee maker, then open the fridge. I've got stuff for an omelet, toast, and I'll dice up a pair. That'll be nice. I might even be full in the real world. As you grab the groceries and close the fridge, you glance at the microwave. 7.40. You stare at it for a moment before putting the food down and rushing back to the bedroom. You come back to the kitchen with your alarm clock and plug it into the same socket as the microwave. It lights up and you take a step back in awe. Instead of reading the standard 12 clock waiting to be set, the alarm clock matches the time on the microwave exactly. 7.40. Trippy, you say. A second later, both clocks tick back one minute, changing to 7.39. Shit, this has to mean something. Vaguely, you recall the previous cycles of the dream and look outside. Across the street, Mr. and Mrs. Rowe are working on their yard. I'll check that out later, but first, breakfast. You take your time and make yourself a small feast. Once you eat and tidy up the kitchen, you look back at the window. It almost appears as if the rows haven't made much progress. Mr. Rowe is still riding the mower on the left side of the yard as Mrs. Rowe rakes the right. You decide to step outside and investigate more of this dream. As you go down the walk, Mrs. Rowe looks up. Good morning, she calls. Drive safe, dear. You don't answer, but glance at the car, then back at Mrs. Rowe. I'm not dressed for work. Why would she assume I'm going anywhere? You don't stop walking. Instead, you step off the pavement and cross the street to Mrs. Rowe. For the briefest of moments, she looks jarred, but regains herself as you reach her side. Good morning, Mrs. Rowe, you call cheerily. I see you're busy. You've been working on your yard all morning. Yes, first cut of the spring, dear. She speaks warmly, but her posture has an air of stiffness. Yeah, I should probably get on that soon myself, you say. You two picked a great time on a beautiful day. You continue to watch her during this useless banter. What is that? 
here? Knowing? Yes, you know how Yun can be about his yard. She then brightens. Where are you off to, dear? Did you need something? No, don't need anything. And I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't even pick up my keys when I walked out. Just taking in some sun. You look at her slyly. Should I be going somewhere, Mrs. Rowe? This is my first lucid dream, but I don't think I have control of Mrs. Rowe. Maybe I'm not supposed to? But she definitely seems to know something and wants to tell me. I see you're not going to work, she replies, glancing at your lounge pants. Maybe you should go for a drive. Maybe into the city. It may be lovely this time of morning. Her tone suddenly turns deliberate, yet cryptic. All at once, you don't like this version of Mrs. Rowe. No, I see it this time of morning on the way to work all the time. Then maybe, she continues, you should go to the park, the one at the edge of the neighborhood. Um, maybe, yeah. I might do that later. Well, do not burn too much daylight, dear. It's too nice to waste it. She glances at Mr. Rowe. He is stationary, putting at the far edge of the yard. The mower is pointed at the gate to their backyard, and his back is to you. Somehow, though, you can tell he's different. Does he need help? You ask. I will help Hyung. You go for that drive. Enjoy the morning. Enjoy the daylight. She quickly takes up her rake and goes to the other side of the yard. When she gets to her husband, she touches his shoulder and speaks close to his face, blocking your view of him. You feel uncomfortable, not only for staring at what appears to be a private conversation, but because of the exchange you just had with Mrs. Rowe. The city is lovely this time of day? Yeah, right. Why would I want to obstruct all this glorious sun with skyscrapers and billboards? I don't really want to go anywhere. Maybe study this clock and time thing. But if I'm still dreaming, I guess the time doesn't matter too much. And the parks does sound kind of nice. You take a look back at the rows again. They have not moved from their positions, and you decide not to linger. You look both ways before crossing back to your own sidewalk. Inside, you grab your keys and take a peek at the alarm clock and microwave. They both read 729. Time might not matter in a dream, but the fact that it's going backwards does mean something. I'm going to figure that out. You walk back out, looking for Mrs. Rowe again to ask about the time. But she and Mr. Rowe are nowhere to be seen. You don't even hear the mower anymore. In fact, you listen intently for a moment. There doesn't really seem to be much sound outside at all. Not silent, but sound seems muffled and indistinct, like a TV with the volume low in another room. Weird you remark, before unlocking the car and getting in. As you turn the ignition, you randomly think of a dog. You position to pull out of the driveway, and as you do, a large brown dog trots from between your house and the neighbor's. It looks at you, as you look at it, before it wanders across the neighbor's yard and down the sidewalk. I'm gonna have to be careful what I think about, you mutter, then back out and head down the street to the park. The community park is ethereal, bathed in golden morning. Joggers, walkers, and dog lovers all mill about the paths and trees. 
You find a parking spot not far from the intersection leading out of your neighborhood and get out of the car. You feel a little strange. The conversation with Mrs. Rose still weighs on your mind and you aimlessly start walking. Maybe I'll run into what my brain is trying to tell me to find. But nothing seems overly interesting or familiar. You don't recognize most of the people out this morning. Probably because I'm always going to work this time of day. You wander the park for some time, growing more disappointed with each step. What am I missing? This is the most boring dream ever. You decide to give up and head home and try to figure out the clocks when you round a tree to head back to the car. As you do, you catch a glimpse of two men playing chess. They aren't far from where you parked, but you don't recall them being there when you arrived. There's something familiar about them, and you feel compelled to them. You've seen these two before in a previous cycle, a young man and a middle-aged man. They look deeply engaged in their game as you approach. Um, hey, you announce yourself. Good morning. Do either of you mind if I watch? Neither man speaks, but both shake their heads. You move in closer, but not too near as to invade their space. You look at the board and it's like nothing you've ever seen. At first glance, it looks like a specially made set, where each piece is a representation of itself. The king is identifiable as a king, as are the other pieces, and yet they aren't identifiable. As you continue to look at them, you see they are more like nightmarish illusions of humans, all of them twisted, jagged, and elongated. Like a Picasso in a funhouse mirror, you think. You're not even fully sure what the pieces are made of. It looks like a cloudy, liquid glass. None of the pieces are quite the same size, and all of them look too big for the board they're playing on. If you can even call it a board. There are no defined spaces on the steely blue surface, only a jumble of what looks like shapes, letters, and numbers in jarring electric blue contrast. The young man moves what you believe to be a rook, a short, thick figure with a bulbous head twisted upward as if looking for approval from its master. As he places it back down, the board shifts, blinks, and readjusts the scrawled characters, creating an ill-defined square beneath the piece. In rapid succession, you think of a woman jogging and a small screen-like object, similar to the board. You feel a growing anxiety as the older man begins to talk. Part of the strategy of chess is timing, the older man says as he stares at the younger man's rook. Knowing not only where to make your move, but also when. Have you ever been to Belize? It said the best time of the year is the dry season. Best time to see Canada is in the fall, like October, the younger man chimes in. Spring is the best time in this city, the older one continues. He turns his head intently to look at you. You don't have a lot of time left to enjoy it. You and the man continue to look at each other when the screech of brakes and the horn blare across the park. You look up to see a truck narrowly avoid T-boning a car at the intersection. I remember that. That anxious feeling is quickly mutating into fear. You look back at the men playing chess to see both of them staring at you. You take a small step back. They don't move or blink, just stare, as if waiting for you to speak. I don't have much time, you ask with a slight tremor. Neither answers, they only stare. 
okay. You continue, trying to logic things through. Time is a factor, which means I have to do something before time runs out. What do I have to do? The younger man leans back a bit and glances at the board as he speaks. Travel is a beautiful way to see the world while finding yourself. Feel complete, you know? Accomplished. Then where should I go? At your question, the young man snaps back to staring at you with almost mechanical precision. The older man speaks again. Nothing is closer or easier than your own backyard. You'll be surprised how many things you can find in your own hometown that interest you. Suddenly, the two men bolt up in tandem. Your breath stops as the younger man takes a step towards you, the older man away from you toward the opposite side of the chess set. They both continue to stare as the younger man follows the older one around the table before they both turn and walk down the sidewalk. You watch them for a moment longer in disbelief as their clothes shimmer, glitch, and shift to completely different outfits, complete with protest signs. You exhale sharply, trying to stay calm. This dream is too weird and I'm not sure I have control over it. Find something in town that interests me? Where am I supposed to look for that? You look around the park and realize that it is now completely deserted. Dogs, people, and possibly gone, leaving only you. You look back at the parking lot, and it's empty except for your car. Your thin grasp on calm starts to dissipate as you rush back to the car. Once inside, you lock the door. Against what? You don't know. You look at the clock in the car. 7.25. How? I was in that park for at least 20 minutes, you say to it. You sigh deeply and think. What are some things that interest me? For several minutes, you try to recall the things you like. It's extremely difficult as you can't seem to remember much of anything. When you really think about it, you can't remember anything before waking up this morning. I have to have a past, a family, likes, dislikes, something. You briefly recall the other iterations of this same day. Maybe I do only exist in this day. You throw your head back in desperation, trying to breathe and think calmly. Time and travel. Everything revolves around time and travel. The train station. Traveling to a place at a specific time. I can try the transit center in the city. You're about to start the ignition when you second guess yourself. Wait, the old man said something about finding what interests me here in town. Maybe the clock tower? A lot of people travel to see that thing. It's a tourist spot. Maybe that's the deal with time and travel? You sigh in distress. If time is limited, you can't go to both places. If you think you should visit the clock tower, tick over to episode 6. If you think the answer is at the train station, depart to episode 7. Choose Podcast is written and produced by Kits Knight. Music and sounds provided by Joseph McDade, Purple Planet, and Royalty Free Sources. Links to it all can be found in the episode notes. 
Transcripts and episode lists are available at ChoosePodcast.com. If you're enjoying Choose, please consider supporting us on Patreon by following us on Facebook and Twitter, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, and most of all, sharing the journey with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, there's always a choice. Thank you.